0: The best part about running a business is that you get to copy and borrow ideas from other businesses. Nothing is really that new under the sun, and this week I'm going to share a strategy that Apple is employing to satisfy its haters, but also to provide a lesson to all of us. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of Dylan's Podcast. I am Dylan Gallagher. This is my podcast where once a week I share some thoughts about what it means to have a business, to be an entrepreneur, to try and build something meaningful. Uh, We all have our reasons for being in business. And sometimes it's hard to find other people to talk to about those reasons and some of the issues and challenges that come up as we are running our businesses. And so once a week, I take a few minutes to share some thoughts about the things that I'm discovering in hopes that it would help you, the entrepreneur. Uh, my goal? as always, is to try and help you find some profit and build some wealth. And I do that by using examples uh, from the portfolio of businesses that I'm responsible for, as well as looking into the marketplace and looking at what other businesses are doing. And I grab little pieces of information, put some opinion into them, and hope that it produces something that either puts a stone in your shoe or encourages you to keep going to work through the challenges that your business might be facing. And this week, I'm talking about Apple. Now, if you've not been following the news along, this is a little bit of an obscure thing, but uh, Apple's gotten a lot of heat recently because it owns the App Store. And um, the App Store is on every iPhone. And if you have an app on the App Store, you as a developer have to use the Apple Payments program, uh, program platform in order to accept payments from your customers. So you can't sell an app on the App Store that diverts customers to another place to pay for your app and not give Apple a piece of that sale. So they've gotten in a lot of trouble for that. So Apple's take uh, on the App Store is about 30%. So if you're a developer making an app on the App Store, Apple's going to take 30% of your revenue. And then after you have subscribers for more than a year, that drops down to 15%. And so they've sort of got a bit of a way to ease up and give developers an opportunity to make more money. Now, because of the the heat that they've come under for basically running a monopoly, and I don't think I'm going to take time on this podcast to share my thoughts about whether or not Apple is in fact running a monopoly. I mean, my position on it from a high level is they built the iPhone, they built the app store, they own the lion's share of the market. They did all the work, and many people have benefited from it, so I think the idea that they're getting all this heat just goes along with being a very large and successful company. It's unfair, but hey, them's the brakes. Nonetheless, Apple's taken a lot of heat, and so what they've done to satisfy the marketplace is they said, look, 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 look. If there is an app that is generating less than $1 million worth of revenue, we're only going to take a 15% cut of their business. So instead of 30% for that first year and then have it drop down to 15%, just, you know what, out of the gate, boom. Million dollars or less in app revenue, we're only gonna take a 15% cut, which is fine, which is great. Developers should be very happy about that. If you wanna kinda know how the math breaks down, 97, about 97% of apps on the App Store generate less than a million dollars and they only contribute less than 5% Uh, to the revenue of Apple. So very minuscule. So to me, this is kind of like much ado about nothing. It's just a lot of noise about nothing. And, you know, there's probably some political agenda or something like that. So you might say, Dylan, why did you take the time to tell us all of this about Apple? Well, the reason is, it got me thinking about the mix of customers uh, in the various businesses that I'm a part of, and I know as an entrepreneur um we can take for granted that we don't need to be highly strategic about the types of customers that we service with the products or services that we offer. Or uh, said a different way, said, said, you know, the way I try to talk about a business is there I think entrepreneurs need to be strategic in the types of problems, or uh, I think entrepreneurs need to be strategic in the solutions that they provide to the problems that certain customers are having. So what do I mean by that? I know in the businesses that I'm a part of, I've taken the time, um, mostly through the school of hard knocks, to understand which type of customer makes us the most money. And if we are servicing customers that don't fit that little box or that little criteria, then we're not going to work very hard to try and please them. Um, We're going to work very hard to please our the customers we uh, generate the greatest margin from and the customers we do not generate the greatest margin from. In some cases, we'll either just not service them and tell them we don't want to be uh, one of their providers because we're not a good fit for them, uh, or we will just slowly... Uh, remove them from you know our our regular activity and it took me quite a few years to figure this out and then it was brought to my attention this week i was on a call with a bunch of entrepreneurs and they were we were all sort of talking about sales and our challenges and and marketing versus sales and so on and so forth and it just occurred to me that based on what i've discovered the best margin is uh, generated from the customers that you understand the best And so, yeah, if you've not taken the time, as I haven't done for many years until I had to, uh, you've got to take the time to profile your most profitable customer. And you might say, well, Dylan, everyone's my customer. I sell this type of product or I offer this type of a service to solve this type of a problem and I want to solve it for everyone. Well, even the largest companies in the world know that that's not a good strategy. The best strategy, if you're looking to find some profit and build some wealth, is to go Provide a solution, a very specific solution to a very specific type of customer. That's known as a market niche. And then the goal is to become the leader of that particular niche. And I don't think that a lot of first-time entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that have run a business for a while that isn't really doing very much um, or anything exciting and isn't growing, it's probably because there hasn't been a lot of time and effort put into understanding who are our best customers now, and if we could go into the marketplace, who, who, what, what is that? What are the best customers we could go and get? Um, if we had someone helping us out to go and find those customers, who would we tell them to go and find for us? And if your answer is, Dylan, we would want to find everybody, I would tell you, well, then you're not straining hard enough to figure out who you're going to be most profitable with. This headline, this news activity, all this stuff that has happened with Apple just sort of brought back to my mind that. There are a lot of noise is being made about Apple. Uh, a lot of the developers are complaining that, look, we're just trying to make our app and you make us go through your payment platform and yada, yada, yada. But the truth is everyone complaining, there's a high probability just based on the statistics that a high probability of the people making a lot of noise and causing Apple a lot of grief fit into that 97% of their market that generates less than a million dollars of revenue uh, from their app. And so I'm doubtful that in this, the, the group that's remaining, the the two and a half percent is, that is left, I doubt they're complaining about anything because Apple has built out an infrastructure that those developers couldn't have built on their own. And so, you know, Apple faces the same challenge that all of us as entrepreneurs challenge and it's you can't please everybody. I think many entrepreneurs try to please everybody, but the minute the light switch goes on or the light bulb goes on and you say to yourself, you know what? The customers we enjoy serving, the customers we enjoy solving problems for, look like this. They, you know, whatever their their profile or their persona is. And you know what? We're just gonna forego opportunity now, and we're only gonna focus on that specific type of customer. Now, in our construction business, Uh, It's not so much a customer as much as it is a type of project. And so in the past, we we would take a run at every project we could find. And then with a little bit of thought and a little bit of necessity to generate margin and to generate cash flow, we just started saying no to certain opportunities. And we started leaning really hard on the opportunities that we knew we could do really well and that would be highly, highly profitable for us took that over i took that same idea over to our transportation business and it worked the same way you know we did a little bit of work to try and understand who who do we service best came up with a profile and then went out to the marketplace and introduced ourselves to those types of customers and wouldn't you know increased our revenue increased our sales and are enjoying working with a different group or you know am a different group of people. Let's just put it that way. We're not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be dismissive, but I have learned, and it's taken me years and years to learn that you actually do not want to sell to everybody. Everybody isn't your customer. I just don't believe that. I think for many, many, many entrepreneurs and small businesses, that's where a lot of Profit is lost, that's where, if it's not profit in terms of dollars, it's profit in terms of time, because you can't service everybody to the same degree that you would like. I think the general rule of thumb is that your your most difficult customers take the most time from you, and they are the least profitable. Your best customers require little to no involvement of time from you, and they generate the most profit, but for some reason... You know, we're we're as entrepreneurs, I think we just simply want to, uh, you know, run a profitable business, but we don't take the time to be to be surgical or to be strategic or to be precise in who uh, we are trying to solve problems for with our products or services. And this thing with Apple just highlighted for me that even if you're Apple, you still struggle with this. And in Apple's position, they have a brand to protect, they have a very public persona. Uh, that they have worked hard to uh, earn, they own a massive chunk of of their respective marketplace. And so they, you know, they sort of had to give in to the majority, even though uh, the majority uh, of their developers generate less than 5% of their revenue, they still, you know, it was the right thing to do. And I think we all understand that that makes a lot of sense. However, there is a lesson there for all of us entrepreneurs that um, you do need to cater to the customer's, or to the project, or to the prod—you know—to the, the most ideal profile of who your business generates the most margin from. And this is especially true if you're in a competitive business. Uh, most entrepreneurs in a competitive business will say, "Well, there's nothing really that makes us different. You know, we do the same thing that everybody else does." Well, first of all, start there because that. If that's true, then you're never gonna make any money. Forget finding profit and building wealth. It's just not gonna happen. You do have to figure out what makes what you do unique and then you need to define the niche that you're gonna be working inside of. You become the leader of that niche and you only work with the type of of customer that is most profitable. I get it, I can already hear some of the voices. There's one guy in particular I have pictured in my head right now that's like, well, that's garbage. I need to make money. I'm gonna to sell to whoever wants the thing that I'm selling okay that's great but there will come a time when you are hopefully wildly successful and you will not be in a position to service everybody who wants the product that you have you are going to have to discriminate believe it or not you're going to have to discriminate and you're going to have to make a choice about the types of customers you're prepared to work with and the types of customers you're going to be prepared to let go of you think of this as like that burden hand theory right you think to yourself as a business owner well i already have this sale in my hand why would i let it go in hopes that there might be two more sitting in the bush well once you get over that psychological hurdle And start realizing that your ability to let go of the one in your hand that doesn't quite fit what uh, what your business is best catered or is best suited to serve, you start realizing there are other opportunities. As uh, someone said to me once, "Opportunities are like a bus; there's always another one coming." And as entrepreneurs, we really struggle with that. And I think during times of COVID, times like COVID, we struggle with it even more because we're not certain where the next sale is going to come from. But if your business was solving problems through your products and services for customers before COVID, chances are really good that that problem still exists post COVID or the moment we're in right now. But you may need to spend a little bit more time uh, clearly defining the problem that's being solved and then clearly defining who you're solving it for and then being proactive and strategic and going and getting those types of customers. So, as always, I never know who needs to hear this, but I'm always surprised when the episode gets uh, published because I end up getting uh, some notes and some comments and some conversations ensue in the coming days over people that are either upset with what I've said because it annoyed them, or they're, they they pondered it and they thought about it and they want to do some follow-up. So if that's you, reach out. Let's talk. Let's talk about this particular topic of you know picking your customer. And servicing and generating margin off of ideal customers, not every customer. I'd love love to hear your thoughts. Uh, If this podcast was meaningful, maybe you'll rate it. Maybe you'll share it. Maybe you'll leave a comment. Maybe you'll do something with it, Uh, because when you do, it gets in front of other entrepreneurs. And uh, I appreciate uh, this little audience that I seem to be building. It's nice to uh, know that this podcast is finding its way into the ears of folks that find it valuable. And uh, I do it to hear myself talk and to flush out my own thinking but i'm always happy to help you uh, in your particular business as well i'm pretty easy to get a hold of so if there's a way to connect let's do it and uh, i sure hope that you tune in again next week Really well to that type of a customer, and so working through COVID and coming out of COVID, we've made the conscientious decision to make that type of a customer a larger percentage of our revenue instead of going after fleet work. Fleet work is really great when the market is good, but when the market gets tough, as we've experienced, um, it's it's uh, the first business, the first part of the the it's the first revenue we lose. And because it's lower margin, um, it's sort of make work work to begin with. We're happy to have it, but we don't want it to be too much of what we do. So now, uh, instead of just taking whatever business comes through the front door, we are intentionally marketing uh, through Facebook, through Google ads, as well as through the telephone to find that very specific type of customer that we know we can service really well um, and obviously be very profitable on um, and competitive and so guess what bed bath and beyonds doing that i'm seeing it in our businesses i would encourage you if you haven't done that to really understand your the best type of customer that your business could be solving a problem for and then doubling down and doubling down and doubling down on that um and so there's some other things that they're doing but i think that um i think that those are kind of the big pieces they're through your plan which is something we can all do something you know a plan that is meaningful and something that can work in your business um instead of going for growth, they've decided to, at this point, just try to stabilize out everything that feels very, very lumpy. They're going to get rid of the stuff, uh, the locations in particular, but for you and I, that means just getting rid of the things that aren't contributing to the business and in fact are taking away. And then to, to make investments in the things that are working and even taking that one step further to say, how do we go and get the perfect type of business right now, given that there's so much uncertainty, let's take some time to understand Who does our business solve problems for the best? And then how do we get more of those? And then, of course, something very much more on the fringe, but just revisiting relationships with suppliers and vendors and other strategic um, uh, partnerships where your business relies on them in order to provide the products or service that your business provides. So that's what I'm thinking about um, as I make my way through uh, each of my days uh, dealing with... um, you know the challenges of COVID, figuring out how to run a business in what is a very different marketplace today than than what it was a year ago, or even ten or eleven months ago. Um, hopefully, you found some value in that. Hopefully, there's some little nuggets in today's episode that you can do something with in your business. And um, as I always say, state if you want some ideas, I love hearing myself talk. So feel free to send me an email or reach out to me. I'm a pretty easy guy to get a hold of. And um, if this podcast was of any value to you. Please rate it or share it or like it or comment on it, good, bad, or otherwise. And uh, when you do that, it, it finds legs and gets in front of other entrepreneurs that could benefit from some of this content as well. So thank you for tuning in and I look forward to catching you on next week's episode.